Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, Editor-in-Chief of the E2C Network, and tonight it's just going to be me solo on the podcast. My normal co-host, Clint Richardson, is out tonight, and that is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what your opinion is of me on the podcast, but either way, you're stuck with me tonight. We're still going to talk about an Auburn Tigers victory tonight over the Georgia Bulldogs in Stegman Coliseum. Now, the Tigers went on the road and won in surprising fashion, 78-75 to off a Chuma Okiki last-second three-pointer to win the game. The Tigers' overall record now stands at 19-9 on the year, 8-7 in conference play. So, we're going to talk about all of the action, the events, the news, all of that stuff here, and look at some stats and kind of break down why the game happened the way it did and maybe express some frustrations, but maybe make sense of a few things for you as Auburn fans as well. At least we're going to try to here, and sometimes that gets me up on my high horse and my optimism trying to impart upon you a reason to be happy with your Auburn Tigers at this point. At least that's what I tried to do. Either way, let's talk about the game in detail. And we start this off by even just discussing the fact that it's Auburn and Georgia. Being our second biggest rival, and in some cases, I think Clint Richardson, if he were here with us tonight, would say this. This is his biggest rivalry for us. For some reason, there is a group of Auburn fans, right or wrong, cannot stand Georgia fans. And I think the same thing would be said for Georgia fans on the opposite side. They can make cases for their rivalry with Florida. Is there really a rivalry with Georgia Tech? I don't think there really is one. But Auburn and Georgia, no matter what sport it is, always seems to find a way to make it interesting. Whether it's tipped passes in the end zone or something of that nature. Tensions run high when the game is on the line. Things get hot, and it is it is just quite an interesting rivalry to be a part of over time. Now, me personally, as a Auburn fan, Georgia's not high on my list in terms of teams that I hate. But for some reason, like I said, when the game gets going, all bets are off, and I just despise them for some odd reason. Now, I tend to lean a little bit of my dislike more towards Alabama and LSU, but that's another story for another day. Keeping it here on the Georgia line. It's just always interesting to see that whether it's in Auburn Arena, Stegman Coliseum, Auburn and Georgia always seems to bring not only the interest, but the animosity as well. And you could definitely feel that. You could see in the stadium that night 
that the students for Georgia came out to play. They've suffered some some very disappointing losses recently, and yet they still showed up ready to take down, hopefully, one of their biggest rivals in the conference and in the nation. So I do commend them for having the support there. However, uh, at times it can be a little annoying. I think we all saw on the broadcast last night, if you were watching it on television, the sweater jumping jack guy, I think, that was in the lower deck that kept jumping up and down, and I'm surprised he wasn't slapping a couple of other fans in the process. It was pretty interesting. Uh, we've, we can go into things like Cupgate. That wasn't in our game, but we've seen how Georgia fans have responded with frustrations, maybe not so much to their team, but the circumstances that surrounded some of their losses recently. You know, we all kind of lived in fear throughout the game that another, uh, it wasn't a cup, it was a teddy bear or something like that, but the, that's usually what's get thrown onto the court when they want to express their displeasure with the play or the referees or things like that. Either way, I fully expected something like that to happen again, the way things had been going for them as fans. On some level, you could understand their frustrations, but on others, it is still just fun to watch them suffer a little bit as our rivals. Anyway, a little bit more about the game tonight. Let's look a little bit deeper into some of the stats before we talk about some of the storylines here. We'll start with some of the team stats for your Tigers. Overall in the night, they shot 45.3% from the field. Not bad at all. Auburn got off to a hot shooting start here, and you can see that reflected in their percentage. Three-point percentage, 35.5 from beyond the arc tonight. I would say that is, by Auburn standards, a little above average, but something that they definitely have seen a lot higher over time, and especially at times, as you saw them make about five in a row early on in the first half, that it might be a little higher as time went along. Here's what I'm happy about, 81.8% from the free throw line. Honestly, folks, that's the reason Auburn won the game tonight, is because they went to the line 9 out of 11 and made their free throws. Think about it. A couple of those go wrong. And this is a whole different ball game right here. Yes, you can make that case for a block, a steal, or a couple of rebounds. Free throws win games, folks. So when you see it above 80%, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you'll know how much I am an advocate of above 80%. So I was very happy to see that happen for the Tigers tonight. Look a little bit further here. We'll look at Georgia, too. Interesting enough, they shot even better than Auburn did despite their loss. 52.9% from the field, 42.9% from beyond the three-point arc. They had a modest 75% from the free throw line. Again, a case can be made there. The difference is free throws in this game. How the scoring broke down in the end of the first half. Auburn had 50, Georgia had 40. Here's something that I found interesting about this going into halftime. I assume that most Auburn fans would be ecstatic that the Tigers had scored 50 to go into halftime. Then there's another angle what a lot of others chose to focus on was the fact that we allowed 40 points. And yes, I think that's a very valid point. It is discouraging to see us allow 40 points in one half. However, I'd say it's a little bit more discouraging for Georgia in that instance, allowing 50 um, Auburn, I think, has done that once before, but against a lesser opponent. So it was pretty interesting to see that happen away. That's the biggest thing for me is to see Auburn shoot and perform the way they did in the first half on the road with the struggles they've had and some of the other things that came out as we started this game tonight that they were going to be facing 
to do that in the face of all that against your rival, I thought was a very impressive start. So I was happy for the most part with the way the Tigers started the game. Scoring for the second, Auburn only scores 28 points for the entire second half and just barely edging them out, 35 points for the Bulldogs. But because it was such a closer half, even though there was higher scoring in the first half, that's the reason it ended up being such a close game at the end. Again, the final score, 78-75, Tigers win by three points. That's your scoring breakdown. A couple of other team stats as well. Some of the ones we like to look at here a lot of times on the uh, inside the jungle. In the paint, Auburn scored 36 points off of turnovers, 20. Second chance points, 19. Fast break, 11. And their bench scored 20. Here's the thing with this. Georgia turns the ball over a lot. And you saw Auburn exploit that a ton. Off of turnovers, Auburn gets 20 points. Second chance points, 19. And as many times as Auburn was losing the battle down low rebounding, I'm surprised that in the paint they won 36-34. to 34. That's really interesting to me when you look at what they were facing in terms of size, that deficit going into the game tonight. Speaking of that, let's talk about the news that broke coming into the start of the game. We had all kind of expected, honestly, Austin Wiley to be out for this game. It's been the common theme throughout the year. Stop me if you've heard it before. Austin Wiley misses a few games. And I hate it for him. I really do. I've had nagging basketball injuries pretty much my entire life. And they just find a way to continue to creep back in for certain players. And unfortunately, that seems to be the case with Austin this this season. Now, even though we expected him, we kind of already have shifted our game plan back away from him. The bigger blow tonight was Malik Dunbar not being in the game. And this seemed like something that kind of was a last-second decision. I think Coach Pearl was even quoted as saying that a trainer came up to him and said, he's available if you want him, but I wouldn't recommend it. Something to that effect. And that's not something you really want to hear when you've got a team that's struggling for consistency, when you've got a team that's struggling to keep their best and biggest player in the game and consistent himself. Then you take away a guy that just won the starting spot away from another player, and then that just causes more chaos. So again, that for me, that goes back to why I was so impressed with the way Auburn started the game. 50 points in the first half with all that was going on. Without, out, Malik has been, and the reason I believe he got the starting job away from Samir Dowdy, the catalyst, the energy, the hype guy that the team needed to start games off in a much better position. I think that's why you saw him have the starting spot for the last few games here. So it was very sad to hear that, but my understanding as of this moment in recording this podcast that that should change in the near future, and we might see him back on Saturday. I don't have any word as far as Austin Wiley and what's going on with that situation there. But hopefully we will have the starting lineup back the way we were used to at the last few games going into the next game against Mississippi State. So what that means is Samir Dowdy gets a chance to come in and make a case that he deserves that starting role. And just kind of looking at his performance overall, I would say he made a modest case for him. Seven points. He had some really good uh, moments there. He's a great passer, great defender, um, and he really showcased some of those skills tonight. Like I said, seven points for him 
um, overall in 35 minutes of play. So he really got that starter slot back there in at least that starter amount of time there. So your starting lineup, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chumo Kiki, Samir Dowdy, Anthony McLemore. It's the one we've been used to most of the season, but it's the one that also struggled down the way. And I think you saw a little bit of the struggles creep back into the second half there for the Tigers, and which is why they only scored 28 points as opposed to the 50 in the first half there. That lineup, to me, has the opportunity, the ability to score in droves like it did, but I don't think it has a lasting success, which is why I personally, nothing against Samir, think Malik fits that role better as the starter there for the Tigers, and hopefully we'll be back in that situation tonight. A couple of more individual stats for you. Jared Harper on the night is our top scorer with 22 points. Continues to do exactly what Jared Harper does. Find ways to score the basket, whether it's from beyond NBA range or weaving through and getting a layup, even if he is or isn't fouled. There were a couple of questionable non-calls, and I think he expressed some similar sentiments on the night um, later on on social media that day. Uh, But still, 22 points for him, very impressive. Bryce Brown, a very quiet night, only nine points. Two of those were from free throws, only one for nine from three-point land for him. Again, he is a streaky shooter. I was one myself. It's frustrating just as much for him as it is for us to see him go through that. Chumo Kiki, the man of the night, 13 points in the game and the game winner. I'll be honest with you. I really thought they were going to put the ball in the hands of Jared Harper or Bryce Brown to win this game, to see it be put into Chuma's hands and him. It's it's one thing to have a clearly open shot and knock it down, but to be beyond the three-point arc, to have a guy in your face, and to have just a beautiful shot go down in a clutch situation, that's the moment that I think Chuma Okiki needed for himself. We've continually watched him rise in the latter half of this season, his level of play, and being more consistent with that level of play. I was extremely excited to watch him have that moment. Obviously excited as an Auburn fan to take down your rival in the final seconds. But Chimo Kiki to have that moment made me even more excited for how that's going to propel him going forward the rest of the season and the rest of his career. So very happy for that. Anthony McLemore, seven points. Samir Dowdy, seven points. So pretty good contributions all the way around. Now your bench is very small tonight. Horace Spencer, D'Angelo Purifoy, and Javon McCormick scored 20 points. So good production from them. And let me just say this about this. I talk about Horace, excuse me, Malik Dunbar being the hype guy, the energy guy. My goodness, Horace Spencer, you don't need to do those dirty things you do to people sometimes. I mean, he comes out of nowhere and slams the ball over the big men of Georgia on an offensive rebound. Does I did that a second time, I believe, as well. Horace Spencer just finds a way to be a contributing factor, whether it's in points, in energy plays, defensively. The man just knows how to play within himself and his role. Had a couple of sweet baby hooks tonight. I loved Horace Spencer's performance in the game. Daniel Purifoy also got a few more minutes in this game as well, which I thought was much needed for him. So you can kind of look at the loss of Malik and Austin in this game two ways. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's uh, frustrating. But it gives an opportunity for a guy like Daniel, who struggled to find the minutes to be a contributing factor in significant situations. This gave him that opportunity. And I thought only three points, you know, 
numbers-wise, I don't think he made the most of it, but it at least got him the experience, and I think that's going to prove more valuable than anything down the line thus far. Talk about the next game coming up this Saturday against Mississippi State. This is another rematch, as we often see throughout SEC play in basketball. Now, this game will be played at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. The Mississippi State Bulldogs now come in with a record of 21-7, and 9-6 in conference play. Now, when we look at Mississippi State throughout the year, it's a pretty impressive resume, very similar to Auburn's. And they've not done a lot that I would say post-beating Auburn. Um, I think that was an impressive win for them at the time. It was a win at home. But if you look beyond that, just kind of looking after the game with Auburn, they lose to Alabama. They lose to LSU, Kentucky, and they beat pretty much everybody else. I would say Ole Miss is a solid win for them. That was on the road. Um, UGA on the road is probably a good, decent win for them. Very close one as well. South Carolina is probably their most impressive win uh, with 76-61 to there, with them being a surprise program this year too under Frank Martin. So Mississippi State has done a lot to uh, make themselves very uh, eligible for the tournament and postseason play. So I think this is a game that the Tigers really need. Now this is at home, so I would love to be able to beat them in Starkville. However, Auburn at this point just needs to continue to build their perception back up so they can stay within that 7-8 to eight seed range. And I think that's what um, Bruce Pearl is going to be pitching to these guys. It's like, look, the SEC championship is, is not in order anymore. We are now fighting for respect and to make sure that people understand that last season wasn't a fluke. The theme is unfinished business. You have a chance in Auburn Arena to take down one of the better teams in the SEC, the currently fourth-ranked team in the SEC behind Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU, who are all tied at the top right now. Auburn really needs this game to put on the resume and say, we can beat the best teams in our conference. Because at this point, they haven't beat Kentucky. They haven't beat LSU. They haven't beat Ole Miss. They've beaten Florida. And they haven't beat South Carolina. They need to be able to prove to committees that they can beat the top half of the SEC, and they need to do that here tonight. And the questions are going to be similar to this last game. Will we see Malik Dunbar? Will we see Austin Wiley? Don't know. It seems to be the indication that Malik Dunbar will be back, but I would just go ahead and plan to not see Austin Wiley at this point in the season. No matter what the case here, I hope that you'll come to Auburn Arena, be loud and proud, and ready to get the last three games of the season off on a good foot, hopefully with a win over the Bulldogs. That's going to do it for this episode. Before we get out of here, let me give you my contact information. You can find me on Twitter, at TigerEye24. Until I talk to you again, though, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?